0: Hello, and welcome to Steeped in Mystery. I'm Amanda.
1: And I'm Jenna. Welcome back.
0: Oh, Jenna, I kind of like what we picked for tea today.
1: That is a very good tea. I like it. It's very good. So uh, we came up with the Steeped in Mystery original black and sage tea. (laughs) Yeah. It's very nice.
0: I thought sage would be fitting because we've got so much sagebrush out this way and we're kind of talking about... Our area we are and, and jenna was like we should throw it in with black tea and oh my gosh it is amazing
1: it's a good combo so we we are talking air oh not area 51 episode 51 today <laughs> desert and local lore
0: yeah i i would say it's our own version of area 51 with the weird stuff that happens most definitely it's it's just a weird place i don't yes. think anyone who's driven through the desert between blackfoot and here yeah has ever been like this is a normal place <laughs> no
1: because if it, if there's no moon you are driving for an hour in pitch blackness
0: uh, yeah and there's not like like it's flat there's it's suddenly just this valley with nothing there's no yeah there's no real mountains to keep you distracted it's this flat open void of death
1: and unfortunately in the last few years the lights from the the INL site have gotten brighter but they're still in the distance away from the road
0: sometimes I, I see their glow off a cloud or something and it it almost adds to the
1: to the creepiness factor. Yeah, especially... bumps it up a couple levels. Yeah.
0: yeah, so so agreed. It's weird. I don't know where we want to start. I have so many stories, and I know you do too. So I'm just I just a it...
1: really good stories. We're just
0: kind of gonna talk about the different things we've heard about stuff happening out on our desert. Yes, and the weirdness of.
1: So the... you know, what? I I think I could kick it off because I have just one little little blurb that i think little
0: blurb to get yep, a little blurb
1: to get us started all right let's go so um in june 1947
0: that's a long time ago
1: yeah a boise airman uh positive that he didn't see ordinary craft reflections while flying in the sky Absolutely positive. So Kenneth Arnold said what he saw were seven discs. Seven. Not one, not two, not three. Seven discs traveling at approximately 4,000 miles per hour, which back then would have been significant.
0: I feel like that's significant today. That's an ungodly number.
1: He was flying from Seattle to Boise. So not necessarily in our area, but I thought this was a really good story. Flying, uh, he he saw them over Mount Rainier in Washington. Oh, wow. Bright and definitely reflective metal surfaces because he could see the sun glinting off of them because it was the middle of the day. He had no interaction or interface and landed safely. Uh, it was about one month before the Roswell incident that he saw these saucers
0: one month yeah yeah that was a lot closer to the trinity stuff going on yes. then. oh yes
1: but these were definitely disc-shaped objects
0: how much you want to bet one of them just like fell behind and like
1: Ooh, right maybe yeah so he actually wrote a book about it it was called the coming of the saucers in 1952 and he legitimately never wavered from his story that he saw seven flying saucers
0: good for him yeah i like when people yeah. are like that
1: so that that leads us into idaho has a history of orbs and reportings of the famous tr3b craft so tr3b for listeners is like the triangle craft that people sometimes see with um, UFOs. It's a triangle shape, and there's a light on each one on each corner. So, um, and that's according to Idaho MUFON director, which is uh, MUFON is the Mutual UFO Network. (laughs) And it's national. Like they have a national, yes, they have a national organization and then they have state chapters.
0: Oh my God. I want to be part of our state chapter. Right. That's an organization I'd be down to join. I
1: could, I could share some stuff with MUFON. (laughs) In fact, I'm going to share a couple of stories right now. (gasps) Mm. So, um, that's probably why I did the the Freudian faux pas at the beginning and said area 51 (laughs) (laughs) said episode because I had, I had aliens on the aliens on the brain. So, um, this one happened. This one was actually coming across the desert. So this one was directly in the desert and, um, it's at a location where us locals call the puzzle. Yeah. uh, And it's where two, two roadways meet and like form a fork.
0: It's, it's it's not just like your regular T fork though if yeah. you weren't paying attention you'd end up on the wrong side of the road going the wrong way it's called the puzzle because it's a puzzle to figure out which way you're supposed to go yeah it's not
1: it's yeah it it's a technically it's a four-way but it's, it's weird. not it's weird
0: it's weird yeah. uh if you if you've driven there in the winter time too it's it's like I don't even know what the road is <laughs> anymore. Right.
1: So um, this incident happened, I would say, about mm, five years ago, maybe.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And um, I was driving from Blackfoot to our area. So I was driving east to west. Okay. And um, late at night, um, probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and I'm driving and I see this green bright green flash and the crazy thing about this flash it didn't go from up to down so it wasn't something falling from the sky it went from about 30 feet above the ground up and it was just like super bright green flash and then you could see the flash travel up about another 50 100 feet and then it was gone
0: that's wild
1: it was wild and and at the time my daughter was riding shotgun and i said um did you happen?" to and she goes that green flash and i said yeah and she goes "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh yeah and i said huh that was weird and she goes yep and that's all we said about it <laughs> because <laughs> legitimately it wasn't a flare. It didn't fall from the sky and come down. So it wasn't like a meteor. It wasn't a falling star. It wasn't a shooting star that was going left to right. It literally started above the ground.
0: And then went up.
1: And then went up.
0: Yeah. And and, and it er-
1: wasn't a laser type light either. It was definitely a flash and then burnout
0: so weird you get such an unobstructed view of things out in the desert yes and so it's not something where it's like maybe there was a a gas station over there no there's there's, nothing there's (laughs) nothing to be over there yeah
1: there's nothing and and i would think if it was like i mean to be fair if it was like a flare like somebody shooting up a flare i would have seen it like at the ground, and then it usually kind of goes up and then arcs and And then falls.
0: Yeah, This was
1: like Mm. literally 30 feet above the ground and went straight up.
0: I don't even think there's anything besides the buttes out there that is 30 feet up for it to even start from. no. It would have to be hovering in some sort of way. Right. That is weird.
1: Yeah, it was very bizarre. Don't know what it was. I can tell you what I don't think it is, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Okay, so while while we're on topic of the desert, um, we actually have a uh, Native American Indian reservation that borders the desert.
0: Yeah, and and they have their own superstitions about the desert. Is yes. a lot of my understanding. Yes.
1: And because their reservation actually borders the desert, which starts, which is, I mean, the area that we're talking about.
0: Yeah. If you ever look at a topographical map of Idaho, the area we're mainly talking about is the banana-shaped hole in the center of all the mountains.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. We're, like, we are legitimately in the middle of the middle of nowhere Idaho. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, but the reservation, it's it's actually it's quite interesting because it's it's closer to populated areas. it's yeah. just the kind of the the west side of the reservation that, that happens to butt up butt up against the um
0: yeah yeah the I'm, desert their their boundaries definitely get up to there. But I feel like most of them live closer to the Blackfoot and Pocatello's areas because of the convenience. Convenience, of,
1: sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So, we're talking about the um, Fort Hall Shoshone Bannock reservation. Yeah. And I have some stories. I love stories. So, I'm just going to preface.
0: That was that- like a very purposeful. <laughs> pause. Yes, it was. That was a
1: very purposeful <laughs> pause. I'm going to preface that these stories were told to me by the first person witness of these stories and the first person witness of these stories was a tribal deputy (laughs) and these stories happened between 2007 and 2009 roughly wow so not terribly no I, i
0: put that in recent time as far as things go yes
1: yes so so number one, we're talking about a first person witness to these stories, and number two, a witness that is trained to remember detail, to look for detail, and um, just try to uh, state facts. state facts, survey the scene, remember yeah. what they are seeing. Yeah, okay so the first story is called kids playing ball okay so um this deputy got a call that some kids um were totally terrified there was something outside of their home and um it hurt their dog and so this was after dark um uh, she didn't make it abundantly clear that the parents were home, but I don't think they were. It was just a, a gaggle of kids. Yeah. She said like seven or eight kids. Um, but they they called into 911. They wanted someone to come and check on things at their house. They were that scared. Uh, so she pulled into the home, and as she got out of the police cruiser, she noted how quiet it was. Now no crickets, no bug sounds, no bird sounds and what struck her as very poignant was no dogs. No dog barking, no dog noises whatsoever. And and she said dogs are all over the reservation. Like people have multiple dogs.
0: Oh well, yeah, they're yeah. they're good little buddies.
1: Right. Well, home protection, too. Yeah. Right. So, um she did notice that there was a horse in a, in a horse stall going absolutely crazy, stomping the ground, um, snorting, um, running back and forth in the pen. Nope. Right?
0: Immediate nope. Immediate red flag. Leave. Yes. Go back to your last save point.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. So she went to the door and knocked and instantly heard screams from inside. Like the children were so afraid that when she just knocked on the door, it um,
0: startled it startled them, it startled
1: that them enough that they that they screamed. And she said, one small little boy opened the door and says, "Get in, get in, get in." And she's like, "What the crap is going on?" So she she goes in, and they shut the door and lock it behind her. And um, she immediately noticed that not only is there a large gaggle of kids she notices a large Rottweiler just laying on the couch. Oh. Just laying on the couch. And this is the story that she got. And I'm sure it might have taken a little bit, because if you've ever been around a gaggle of kids that are scared out of their minds, but want to tell you
0: exactly why they're scared out of their minds... And then, but before that... But wait, hang on. Let me go back. and uh, but Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: So, um... This is the story she got. The kids were outside playing kickball by the light of the yard light. So people not familiar with rural, a yard light is almost as bright as a street light. So just think of a street light. So they're playing kickball by the light of the street light. Um, Someone kicked the ball too hard and it went outside of the light. Okay. So the little one went out to get it. And I'm thinking, in my mind, the little one always has to prove that they're the toughest, right? So that's why they always do the,
0: I'll go get it.
1: I'll go get it. I'm tough because even though I'm little, I'm tough.
0: This is the only way you guys will include me in this game. (laughs) Right.
1: So he went to go get it and the dog, the Rottweiler, ran ahead of him barking and going crazy. Good dog. Right. So he kind of stops for a second to because he couldn't really see where the dog went in the dark. But the next thing he knew is the dog let out a yip and came flying through the air and hit the side of the house and slid down the side of the house. He was that high up, slid down the side of the house. So, at this point, they all ran into the home, and that's when they called for help. Good for them. Yeah. So, they must have, like, collected the dog and just ran in the house. Everyone grab a limb and get Get inside. Get (laughs)
0: inside, yeah.
1: So, the deputy looks at the dog on the couch and estimated he weighed about 100 pounds.
0: Yeah, they're big dogs. This
1: is a big dog. So, she's like, "Ah, these kids are pulling my leg. This is, you know, what's going on? So, she... Is doing her due diligence. She goes outside um, again to investigate. Right. On the side of the house, the siding is actually dented. Five to six feet off the ground. And she could see where the dog had hit and slid to the ground. She literally said, I could tell it was his shoulder area that had hit the side of the house. It was that pronounced. My gosh. So at this time, at, at this point, she calls for backup. Yeah. She calls for backup.
0: Something threw a giant ass dog against this yep. house. Yep.
1: <laughs> and they knew. They knew what it possibly was. So the o- other officers, so the other officers that responded were actual tribal members.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they. The um, senior officer actually knew that it was a Bigfoot. He looked at the other officer holding a nine-millimeter rifle and said, "All you're going to do with that is piss him off." She then heard one of the kids say that she had that he had seen him walking down the road after the incident on two legs and thought it was a bear. She also personally saw a large footprint about 18 inches long in the mud by the horse corral. God. So. Oh, my God. Yes. Holy shit. So from that point forward, not only did she know that tribal members knew there were, there was a Bigfoot in the area.
0: At least one.
1: Yes. Yes. But they sent her there on purpose alone as a small white woman <laughs> to face this Bigfoot. Because they, she said, I know they wanted to see how I was going to react.
0: Well, because if they said, we're coming with you, it's a Bigfoot. There's no way she would Oh, no. No. The, the reaction she would have had going into this situation would have been so. Different. Yeah. Yeah because
1: skeptical you know yeah
0: that's why if i ever legitimately feel like an alien is crashed in my yard or there is a cryptid of sorts around if i call the police because i feel i need backup or something yeah my call is gonna be i think there's crackheads here
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there is something spooky going on (laughs) and it may or may not be crackheads
0: (laughs) yeah just just because they'll respond to crackheads but they're not coming if you scream bugfoot.
1: Right. <laughs> right. And I'm, I, I'm not even sure the kids knew.
0: Probably not. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have even bothered to think of anything. I would have grabbed my dog, run in the house. Right. And been like, I am never leaving again.
1: <laughs> exactly. Okay. So ready for story number two? Yes. Okay. This one's called The Chicken Coop. So this story happened sometime after the first story the deputy, the same deputy, was called out for a damaged chicken coop. The deputy arrived and met the homeowner who stated something had destroyed her chicken coop. So the deputy again went outside to um, into the yard to look at the, you know, survey the scene, see what happened. There were chicken running everywhere and the Chicken coop was actually smashed to pieces. There was nothing standing.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So it was just, like she said, destroyed.
0: Just chickens everywhere, wood yes. everywhere.
1: So, and not only that, the ho- this was a chicken coop big enough that the homeowner was storing chicken feed in a 50-gallon drum. Oh, okay. Inside the chicken coop.
0: Yeah, make it easy.
1: Right. That, that barrel had been thrown across the yard while full of feed.
0: Bullshit. No way.
1: She said the feed was like, you could see the trajectory because the feed was just...
0: Like streaming yep, out of
1: it. streaming out of it. She oh, said God. that it legitimately was probably 50, 75 feet away from the chicken coop. Holy. So we're talking about a weight. So if you think about it, 55-gallon drum or a 50-gallon drum, that alone probably weighs 20, 30. Well, I would say more like 30 pounds at least.
0: Especially if it's like a, a solid steel drum yeah. and not one of the aluminum yeah, it's, ones. Yeah, those,
1: those aren't light. No. And 50 pounds of chicken feed. So you're talking, I would guesstimate between, safely, between 80 and 100-pound weight.
0: I think that's fair because think about, yeah. I, I mean... I don't know anyone who could chuck a 10-pound bag of flour that far. Yep. Let alone something that large. Like, for those of you who who don't live in the country, if you've ever been to, like, a rodeo or... County
1: fair. County fair. Fair, Yeah.
0: It's, like, it's what they have. The horses run around during the barrel race. Yeah. Like, they are... Huge things. Yes. And chicken feed is usually like grains and heavy, dense food. Yeah. Oh, my god.
1: So she said no one could have lifted that weight and thrown it as far as they did unless they were superhuman. Yeah. So, um, again, she's walking around the chicken coop. She doesn't know what to tell the owner because...
0: What do you tell the owner?
1: Sorry, your chicken coop's destroyed.
0: At least your chickens are alive. She
1: again saw a large footprint near the wreckage of the chicken coop but this one was not as large as the one that she had seen the incident before still large barefoot footprint but not as large as the one she saw before
0: so we're talking potentially a family of bigfoot
1: we're talking that it was common knowledge again, amongst the, the older tribes people, that there was not one but two Bigfoot that lived on the reservation. And one, they figured, was the male, was tall and black-haired. And the female was about a foot smaller, smaller in statue, but had red hair. Yes.
0: I don't like the idea of Bigfoot being that close. <laughs>
1: so, are uh, you ready for story number three?
0: No, but yes. Okay.
1: This one is called The River Bottoms. The
0: River Bottoms? Yes. Okay.
1: Again, same deputy. She was... This is Dude,
0: I would have quit my
1: job. <laughs> <laughs> well, Let's just say she's not working on the res anymore. <laughs> but this is first-hand account, as told to me, and I legitimately like ran and wrote it all down as soon as she told me. Yeah. 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 So the deputy was called to a home with the complaint that someone was hiding in the bushes. <laughs> I, the homeowner reported that a specific person who was known to get intoxicated was hiding in her bushes and making a lot of noise. Now, to be fair, this incident was almost what you would consider in town. In town, in Fort Hall,
0: so like where all those like main housing structures ha, yeah. are. Okay. Yeah.
1: And there's a lot of um, canals and um, a couple of natural rivers that go through the area. So there's there's waterways. Yeah. So, um, um, this home was actually along one of those waterways. And the deputy remembers thinking, oh, great, I have to deal with this guy again. This is going to be fun. Oh, God. so she legitimately knew,
0: knew enough to be like, yep, that's, when she, when that's the, probably yep, Tom, when, Dick and Sally. In well, the, the,
1: the, the homeowner actually said that the person's name. Oh, yeah. Specifically. And she was like, oh, great, I know him and we don't get along that well. Uh. So this is going to be fun. So she's walking through the bushes with her flashlight and she's trying to find this guy in the bushes and um, she looks down the bank. She goes around a bank of bushes and she looks down the bank to the water and she sees a reddish-colored Bigfoot leaning over the water, scooping up the water with its hand, drinking the water out of its hand, And she, I mean, probably did what all of us did. She froze for a second, and the Bigfoot turned and locked eyes with her and started to growl and hiss. Nope. She noped back to her cruiser and locked the doors. (laughs) Good. She said if there was a guy in the bushes, he could stay there. (laughs) She legitimately said at that point, she was like, I went to the safest place. <laughs> she said, I didn't feel like she would come and attack me in my cruiser.
0: But or if nothing she, else, there's
1: more between you and the... <laughs> she legitimately saw a Bigfoot on that third encounter.
0: Holy shit. Yeah. That is insane,
1: isn't it? That's so
0: cool, and it's so
1: close to a populated area. It's It's not like it's
0: no, yeah. Oh, and it's 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 not in what I would call a vastly wooded area. No, no,
1: (laughs) not at all. We're not talking huge pine trees or huge.
0: We're talking maybe someone grabbed one of those tiny trees from Home Depot and threw it in their front yard. Well.
1: The river bottoms have some trees, but the thing is, is once you get, like, maybe five miles outside of Fort Hall, like, city limits? It's or sagebrush and rock. Sagebrush and rock. And here's this big old Squatch. Just in town, having a little drink. Oh, fuck. After she probably smashed a chicken coop a little while earlier, because, you know, she <laughs> was... Because she was, what, angry? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if she was trying to get a chicken and the chickens pecked her and pissed her off. I mean, that is just the craziest of crazy sauce stories I have heard. But the fact that she had three different encounters...
0: And was able to, like, see it. Yes. Not see evidence it might have been there, but to see it. Yes. Now, this
1: particular deputy... Uh, did say that I could um, give her a shout-out. So I'm giving a shout-out to Joe, the deputy, and her lovely wife, Tina.
0: Oh, my gosh. Joe, Tina, thank you for letting us use this story. You guys are awesome. Also, thank God that you noped out of there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and had some common sense. I didn't kill get killed like every other white girl in a horror movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like I really got to
1: give you. Props. There's a reason why she's a deputy.
0: <laughs> yeah, she has
1: some. She clearly, has some brain. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> now she did share with me some other terrifying stories of some other things that we have been known to talk about on the pod, but I'm going to save those for a different episode because oh God, um, those the those ones were just equally as terrifying yeah but i want to get into your stories amanda i want to hear the craziness that you have found
0: okay so i want to tell like a a little bit i need i need to lay some foundation down for the for the people for the folks at home yes for the peanut gallery for those in the back (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh this this banana shaped valley that. That the desert is in between uh, Blackfoot and ARCO uh, houses um, the INL, which is the International Laboratory or the Idaho National Laboratory. Idaho
1: National Laboratory, and it's run by the Department of Energy.
0: Yeah, because they do uh, research with uh, nuclear stuff. Yes. In fact... uh, we had the first ever nuclear meltdown. It wasn't like Chernobyl or any of nope. the other places. It was out here that the first ever nuclear meltdown ever happened. No, granted, because of the area we live in, it was relatively small. I think only 50 people lost their lives. I
1: I, I don't know the particulars of the story. I just want to give people maybe a, a, a reference to how Big. this area is
0: this this desert we're talking right about. this
1: desert that we're talking about and um so the county that it sits in the majority of the of the county that it sits in the county is about the size of rhode island yeah square square yeah. acreage wise and we're talking about um the the inl has so much control over the land in the area that on the main highway, there's legitimately every hundred yards, there's signposts about 50 yards off the highway that says, do not go past this point.
0: Yeah. It's literally the case where if you very high security, yeah, you step into their, into their territory, you have black vans rolling up on you. Yes. Real fast. Yes. Real fast. Armed,
1: heavily armed people. There, it is legitimately a very high security place.
0: I, like, like legitimately, I, I take it seriously enough that I know if I ever got stranded out there on the road, I just have to walk into their territory (laughs) and wait.
1: Yeah. And then somebody would come and help you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, it's that, like just black vans rolling up out out of nowhere. Yep. INL itself is basically a mini city. They have their own police, their own restaurants, yes. their own everything. And everyone who works for them is, is put under massive like security review. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they really have it locked down. So most of the desert is, is theirs in one way or another. Yes. Um, with an exception of the land for Atomic City. Yes. The Big Butte yes and craters of the moon yes craters of the moon is a national park that we have here Mm -hmm. in our in our little valley so so that kind of gives you our our landscape we're dealing with a a, a serious nuclear machine people scientists over here yes park rangers over there yes and just nothing else
1: And 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 the res over on the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And the, and then us. Yes,
1: and then us and little old Arco. So uh,
0: you know, and then just some people with some cows. <laughs> like like really, that's the yes. situation. So not a lot of people come out here for anything but working at the site or going to go to Craters of the Moon. Or they're driving through. Or or they're driving through. It's yep. it's just not it's not a destination. Nope. And I'm glad for that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I really am. (laughs) I like my quiet. Yeah, I could not live in a tourist town. No. But, so Craters of the Moon uh, is very unique. I've been to a lot of national parks. I had the opportunity growing up to be able to go to places like Zion's, to the Grand Canyon, to some of the national parks through Colorado, Montana, out east. I've Mm -hmm. been to a lot of them. And they are all very pretty and very unique. But Craters of the Moon is very different.
1: It's a whole nother level, if you ask me.
0: It is the leftovers of a giant lava flow that used to run through this area. In fact, um, I was talking with my friend who has done a lot of her own study on, on volcanology. Vol- volcanology? How yeah, about- that sounds about right. Yeah. Volcanology. Um, and she, you know, was telling me that um, there's even like... Stuff to prove that the Shoshone tribe was actually in the area while the volcano was still flowing, while there were still oh. lava thro- flows through this area. Interesting. So their their tribe and and the lava flows and the land in this area, they go back right. So, right. so they're. Well, I know
1: they considered the Big Buttes. The the so we have three buttes
0: yeah on the giant. desert you can see them from Pocatello which is miles away
1: and and if you think about the how big the pyramids of Giza are these are actually double sometimes triple the size of the pyramids of Giza but there's one giant butte and then two smaller buttes kind of similar to the Great Pyramids and the thing is that's also similar, is there's nothing else around them. No. Like, they just pop up out of the desert. And you can
0: see them for, like I said, for miles, miles. away. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, if, if you don't know which way you're going, turn around and look for the Buttes. Right, like, right. That's and just...
1: and the Big Butte has its own weather pattern because it frequently has, like, clouds and stuff around it when there's no other clouds yeah, around Yeah, it's, it's,
0: it's a little, it's a little on, creepy, little ominous, a little mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So, so because of their connections to it and I'm sure the way they are they have their own as a tribe superstitions about the land sure and um the people from that tribe and myself included truly believe that we have skinwalkers out here yes out here on the desert and can confirm I have heard secondhand stories on numerous occasions of skinwalkers Through this area. And so it starts to become, in my brain, like I'm living close to Skinwalker Ranch again because we have these UFO stories and these Skinwalker stories. And then I heard this story. And I don't have all of the details, so I'm going to leave some names out. And you guys are going to have to forgive me. But I just, when I heard it, I was like, this is weird. Okay. This is extremely weird. Okay. So... I heard it from someone who heard it from someone. Okay. Um, this guy and his wife, you know, were had some sort of a breakdown in their relationship. A, a fight. Okay. And she had uh, driven off and angry and stuff, right? Um, to, to the point where, like, she was just like, nope, done, gone, whatever. Uh, okay. And... He comes home, and she's gone, and he has no idea where she is, what's Mm. going on, and they find her, it was a vehicle of some sort, I believe it was her truck, parked out on the side of the road, going between, past the puzzle, to Arco. Oh. Yeah, in that stretch of road there. Okay. Which Everything there is INL property.
1: Yeah. You it's, you can't go anywhere off the road without running into the
0: little yellow signs. Her door was open. There was evidence of tracks from her leading oh. out past the road onto the side of the road. Ooh. That just stopped. What? Yeah, this guy actually, from from what I understand of the story, ended up being put under investigation. You know, because of the struggles with his wife, there was worries, but sure. there was no evidence to him having done anything maliciously. It was just one of those bad fights where people need air. You know, That's sure. just what it is. She has not been found. I believe she's been pronounced dead at this point.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: I could not find, and so this is what's really frustrating. Is I really want to to somehow get through my connections and go talk to the person firsthand because i could not find a single report matching these descriptions i could not find news articles on this of and i feel like missing person report truck found on the side of the road out in the desert would be yeah it would be in the news somewhere I, I could not find it, and I could just be bad at Googling, um, <laughs> but I could, no. I could not find the report on it, and mm. I I was told this, like, a few months back, and I have been racking my brain, Jenna. I cannot think of a single, like, if she'd gone onto the INL property, the INL authorities would have taken her and brought her back to her car. If it was car troubles, they would have helped her because they don't want her wandering right. around their property. Right. Got her a tow truck, a phone, whatever she needed sure the only other option is maybe she walks over to atomic city and gets a drink at the bar but then they would have found evidence of her having been there and it i mean like atomic city is like four people <laughs> right but it, but if it
1: happened after the puzzle on the arco oh, yeah, side she, that's way far from well, uh, it's Atomic it's still city. closer
0: to like anything else you're gonna find i feel yeah. like yeah so if, if you're looking for some place to go, you're going to go to INL or you're going to go to Atomic City yeah. if you're just walking on that road. And they did not have reports from INL. They did not have any sort of evidence that she had ever been in Atomic City. So this woman just vanished. Wow. And I sit here and Jenna, I think she was abducted. I think she was maybe like pulled into a lava tube by oh something. But oh, okay. I cannot think of another reason why she would just
1: disappear yeah they're, they're it's legitimately. it's not a it's
0: not a hard place to do an aerial view on it's not a hard place to but granted they don't like things flying over i n l properties
1: um you can't, yeah, so it's actually a no fly zone for any commercial private or drone aircraft yeah. That's how locked down they are,
0: peeps. Yeah. It's kind of creepy.
1: It is kind of creepy. That is a creepy story. Yeah. So are we thinking that, like, the flesh pedestrian skinwalker kind of... That's my thought. Got her?
0: Because...
1: Ooh, he could alert her away from the car. So what if her car did break down? Or what if she was like, oh, I don't know where I am. Well, she's
0: just some random lady and she doesn't know about skinwalkers and she hears someone off to the side of the road in the middle of nowhere
1: wow that's crazy right yeah our desert is
0: weird agreed yeah
1: yeah 100% Just, agreed yeah
0: okay okay so there's more mm. this delves into some some sort of sciencey stuff okay hit me I, I like this so we're gonna talk about what the heck nasa was doing out here oh <laughs> that's
1: also that's a that's another tangent right? that's like yeah. yeah i didn't even yeah really yeah. think okay. about the science part i
0: i will i will be as as uh to the point as i can be okay. <laughs> so uh you know many people have heard conspiracy theories about the moon landing being fake, about Mm -hmm. uh, us not actually having any sort of drones or, not drones, satellites Mm -hmm. outside of Earth's orbit. In fact, a lot of people think Earth's orbit is far as we've gotten, period. Okay. Exclamation point. Sure. So, then, why do we have pictures from Mars? And why do we have stuff from the moon? And... <laughs>
1: I don't know, but I hope you're going to tell me.
0: <laughs> so, so granted, like, like a lot of our stuff, there's always a little bit of that far-fetched aspect to it. So you'll, you'll have to, to go with me on this and just get in the mindset of, let's assume at this point that people are right, that NASA hasn't gone anywhere but to put satellites in our orbit. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So, why did they come out here then? Well, in August of 1969, the Apollo 14 crew, including astronauts Eugene Cernan, Edgar Mitchell, and Alan Shepard, and Joe Eagle, fly to Arco. Yeah. Supposedly... Coming to craters of the moon to study volcanic geography. because they uh-huh. were they were pilots and not scientists, which has always bothered me about astronauts. Let me be clear. right. Right. <laughs> I don't I get they have to have a pilot, maybe a backup pilot. Right. But we should have you know some actual scientists in space if that's who we're sending. Yes. <laughs> So they come out here to, you know, to study the volcano, to figure out how they need to handle walking on lava tubes, to gather rocks. All of this is very strange to me because, one, again, you're either dealing with INL property or you're dealing with Craters of the Moon property. And Craters of the Moon is very stringent because they want to preserve everything. And some of the lava tubes can be very fragile. So they don't want... The landscape, they call it a it's, fragile landscape. It's
1: very dangerous out there, too. Yeah.
0: And, like, the first guy out in that area, like, ended up, like, wearing through his shoes, cutting up his feet. Like, Yes. it is sharp, yucky rock. And, listen, I handled lava rock for, like, one day flipping lava rock around my house. And my hands were sore for weeks. Yes. It's not fun material to deal with. So they go out there just to supposedly study rocks. I I've also heard, I could not confirm this through NASA's information, but okay. I have heard through like Crater of the Moon lines and other lines that they were also testing gear for the astronauts seeing how well boots and things like that would hold up against
1: Oh. Yeah. Well, be-
0: okay, that makes sense. that makes sense. Yeah, okay. if you're going to if you're going right. to be walking on a strange planet, you you want good Sh- shoes. Sure. You want sure. shoes that aren't going to aren't going to cut away in your environment while you're doing stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go out there and they study and I found some, something was very interesting about their particular flight. For one, um, they, all the people on their crew were some of the few people to spend the most amount of hours on the moon. They were like the third crew to ever actually have people on the moon and they had, Struggles, when they landed, ended up orbiting around the moons a- for quite a bit before they were able to come down and uh-huh. end up pl- landing in a b- body of water. Sure. Okay. But every single one of them is some someone who spent the most amount of moon hours in comparison to other astronauts. Several of them went on additional uh, orbital trips and or international space station trips. And none of them in their biographies or their talks go into any details about their experiences coming out to craters of the moon and how it helped them with any of their retrieval. And supposedly they res- they gathered the most amount of material from the moon that any crew has. Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. So so the crew themselves and their wow. circumstances I find to be. Mhm a point of interest in it in and of itself but nasa also did more out here at craters of the moon they used the site for tests such as determining how to create topographical assessments from Mm -hmm. imaging from space they would literally take images from satellites outside of earth's orbit and then they would go measure the areas see where they were seeing ups and downs and how the images related to what the actual geography was which is very smart Right. Very useful, because if you're landing someplace like Mars, you need to be able to look from the sky and pick a safe landing point. Sure. Um, They also used it to tackle hurdles, like landing on rough and unstable terrain. Mm. Although details on how they used the geography out there to come to such conclusions are very vague. Hmm and they tested their rovers there
1: yes they did
0: um supposedly to make sure that they could properly circumnavigate uh the lands they might come across mm-hmm. and to make sure that they could gather and assess materials properly and send proper information back so they'd have their machine do its own little core sample, see how it gathered it how it operated and if the tests it was reading matched ones that they could do with further equipment than they could store oh, in yeah. the rover itself. Okay. Again, all of this is very cool. So, so who cares, you know, well, it, all, yeah. it, it all sounds very innocent. Um,
1: <laughs> unless you have my mind or Amanda's mind, and then you're thinking, well, this seems a little fishy.
0: It does. Yeah. Especially because there are two other places in the world where people have said that they assume that NASA is using for their pictures from the moon or from Mars. And one of them, Iceland, is another destination that the Apollo 14 crew went to, to supposedly study.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. What? What? So people compare a lot to this uh, place in Iceland and compare photos and show that the Mars rover photos are literally just sepia photos from there. Wow. So with that in mind. That's a rabbit hole. With that in mind, Jenna. Okay. What are we going to. I. You've lived in Arco for a long time.
1: Well, over 10 years.
0: Yeah. 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 You've been to craters. Yes. You kind of know the geography around here. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to show you pictures. Oh, are we going to play a game? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to show you pictures and you tell me if they're Mars or craters. I've put them all in black and white.
1: Oh. And I want
0: to see if you can tell based on just the landscaping alone, if you can tell if these are pictures from a foreign planet or from ours. Okay. All righty then. Okay. Let's picture number one: Mars
1: or Earth? <laughs> um, Mars. Correct. Okay.
0: Okay. There, there was a little doubt there, but not, not I, terrible I, much. I, I sensed it. I sensed yeah. the doubt. Picture number two. Ooh.
1: Ooh. <laughs> that one's a little tougher but i'm actually gonna say craters on that one
0: you're right you're good at okay. this they are all like black and white pictures of like very rocky yeah <laughs> it's just rocks <laughs> just it's rocks. Just
1: rocks with hills in the background yeah i mean legit rocks and hills
0: yeah that that that's your options for for topography oh, i don't know if it'll spin it's not gonna. There we go. Um, Mars.
1: Wrong. That one's craters. That one's craters. <gasps> what? What? Okay, that one's got to be craters.
0: Yeah, that one's craters for okay. sure. Yeah. yeah. But I had J. K. S. in there for. Yeah, a minute. I know. I was like,
1: ooh, <laughs> now we're into the tricky. She's trying to stump me.
0: I really am. I enjoy it thoroughly. This one is funny because I feel like this one's so, so classic that it's obvious.
1: Um, Craters. Yeah. (laughs) Because you can see the flow, the
0: lava. The lava tube flows.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The lava flow kind of gave it away. How about this one? See, that's another tricky one. I would
0: say Mars on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they are very similar immensely similar i'll tell you what when i was throwing these and through editing and putting them in black and white
1: Mm -hmm.
0: i was having trouble going back and i had to (laughs) reorder them so that i knew which was which which was which there you go because i was looking through back back through a lot of them and the only one that i found besides the the like typical lava tube one that i really struggled with saying okay quite clearly that's earth is Uh this one because of the clouds in the background
1: oh yeah 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 that's
0: so it's like immediate
1: yeah that but if you cut the clouds out i wouldn't i would say that was mars
0: this is me with a smartphone literally putting a black and white filter on no photoshop no extra stuff and nasa consistently admits that they photoshop their photos they they claim that it's for photo editing for increasing view of it for making it more legible for sticking it through the right filters because they send special cameras to space when they do things but they legitimately brought the mars rover here before it ever went to mars yes and let it roam around on areas that the tourists are not allowed on which means areas that people don't get to go see areas i wouldn't be allowed to go even compare photos with right Who's to say they didn't yep. snag photos? Yep. It's a hell of a lot cheaper to get a massive budget, put some wheels on a camera, take pictures, and say it went to space.
1: In the middle of the middle of nowhere, Idaho.
0: Yeah, where no one's yep. gonna double check what's going on. Yep.
1: No, it, it legitimately is common knowledge that that NASA has brought its rovers out to craters yeah. among the, the locals here. And um, and Craters of the Moon, like like Amanda mentioned before, is a very um, fragile uh, area, fragile surface area. I mean, they have paths for you to walk on, man-made paths, and they legitimately say, do not leave the path. Yeah. Um... It is... Uh, not only is it damaging to the fragile ecosystem, because the more you walk on lava rock, it just the crazy thing about it is it's so sharp but a small amount of pressure will just turn it to dust yeah and um and the way the landscape is is it looks like it's kind of flat when you look at it but there are huge crevices and lava flow tunnels and and, and these you, lava tubes... You can get lost out there. The
0: lava tubes are expansive. There's at least two that run as tourist operations that you can walk through the lava tubes. Mm-hmm. And they are immense. You could fit semi-trucks yeah, inside it's, of them. it's
1: easily as big or bigger than a it, when you think about a subway tunnel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so if you were to step out and have part of that shell over a lava tube crack, yeah. you would be... Just gone. You'd be toast. So the fact that they brought their stuff out there, we're able to run it around areas that we have tried so hard to preserve and or under the control of a nuclear facility.
1: Yeah. Is very I've I've actually heard that NASA does have a um a contract company out at INL that does some of their designing on the Mars rover so there it's not like they have to come from Florida to here you know Texas from here yeah they legit they have engineers and people here working on it and then they fly in the the
0: and I can't help but to think if they have their own engineering team in the area that perhaps they don't have a plot of land surrounded by a plot of land that no one is allowed to walk on anyway Where they happen to do stuff stuff and things. Yeah. For reasons. So there's, this is, this is
1: a whole nother episode, but again, I, I'm going to circle back to Area 51. Area 51 has been known for alien, you know, back engineering and other things for decades now. Right. Even before it, it became declassified. Um. I, I would hypothesize that INL is definitely an Area 53 or 54 because I oh. think that there is stuff that goes on out there. Because when we say top-level security, we're, we're talking uh, people cannot take their cell phones or any ele- other electronic device with them to work, and they go through metal detectors to go to work. And this is a very, very controlled
0: environment. We're talking about a how was your day, honey, and fine is all you can say. Yep. Like. Yep. That's it. And I get it. The
1: cafeteria had cinnamon rolls today.
0: I don't even know if they can say that. (laughs) (laughs) What if that's a code that they're using, Jenna? I don't know. If there's aliens, you tell me they had cinnamon rolls. (laughs) Right. (laughs) that'd be fascinating. But it is and that I feel like just, I think
1: just that area creates so much mystery out here, just I, knowing
0: I I think if you ever decide to question yourself and say maybe I'm wrong, maybe there are aliens, maybe stuff exists and and you mm-hmm. and you want to get a vibe for if if you if you really believe that or not. Drive out there. Yep. Take a road trip to Idaho, park on the side of the road, and see how long it takes for somebody to stop and say, what you doing? Or even for you to see something that maybe you don't want to see. Touche. I agree. Our creepy little desert. Our creepy little desert. I like to joke that if someone ever invaded, they would never get here because the desert would take them first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) That is so true. that is so true okay so tea or not to tea
0: oh we're teeing here anyway
1: oh yeah that's true but i would love to tea on big butte oh yeah yeah oh yeah because you can actually hike on big butte and
0: you can camp up there too yeah yeah i've 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 very much have thought it would be really fun to go camp up there from dusk till dawn i don't know if i would camp up there though because of the flesh
1: pedestrians and the that's swatches. the whole reason i would oh, honestly. i'd okay. be up
0: there with like my best quality cameras okay
1: <laughs> so maybe it would be more of to say for an overnight observance because yes. i don't know that i could sleep oh no i wouldn't be sleeping yeah. like yeah forget the tent let's <laughs> just take chairs and
0: even regardless of if i happen to see an alien a flesh pedestrian or apparently a bigfoot i'd want to sit and look at the stars
1: oh yeah for sure yeah for sure We have a great star view there. So if you
0: you guys want to come see the creepy land we live in, you're always welcome in Idaho. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And find us on
1: Facebook, Instagram, message us on info at steepmystery.com. And we've gotten some more mentions for um, uh, uh, show ideas
0: and what people want to hear. We're so happy whenever we get those messages, by the way. like. We get them and we, we we like almost immediately start talking about it. Yep. Yeah. So just, we really just appreciate Just know that, that we,
1: we are adding your requests to the list and we're working them into episodes. So uh, hit us up, guys. Let us know what you want to hear about. And follow so that when your, you know, topic of interest comes out, you know yep. about it. And hit a, hit a like button and give us lots of stars and kittens. <laughs> stars and kittens. Yep. <laughs> All right. Keep it steeped. Bye. Bye. Bye.